Well, hello everybody and welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. Uh, it's been a while since uh, we've done, a, you know, since I've done an episode of this and I will get into the reasons for that here in just a moment. Um, I hope that wherever you're at in the world, no matter what's going on, uh, with whatever kind of kind of political or military situation that you find yourself in, uh, financial, emotional, physical, or you know, or, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you need to remember that if you belong to Jesus Christ, uh, He has you, and He has told you, and He has told us all in His Word that He will never leave nor forsake us. His Spirit lives within you if you have accepted Him as your Savior. So remember that. Uh, the subject that we will deal with today is a very deep and complicated, or to me anyways, a, a complicated and complex subject. Uh, it is the law. Should Christians keep the law, uh, like, you know, and by that I mean the law of Moses, you know, the Ten Commandments, you know, keeping the Sabbath and the dietary laws and things like that. Uh, it is a, a subject which has been long debated uh, within the church. And uh, I admit it is a pretty deep subject and one I honestly uh, have felt inadequate to examine. Uh, this issue, however, when we study it, proves proves to be much rewarding and this is the reason why uh I've, I've held off on doing this i've taken my time with it because it is a complex and and uh it is a complex issue and there is a lot of stuff there there's a lot of things to be studied in these verses that deal with uh the law and but we will start by reading Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Um, and we have it here. It says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his, pre his speech until midnight. Uh, this was done at sundown, or rather uh, after sundown, as so the world or, excuse me. So this would be on the. It would be on the first day of the week, which is by our measure also Sunday, though it was still what will. Excuse me. What would be Saturday? Uh, what this. What they did back then was, and I think some of the Orthodox or maybe ultra. Ultra. Excuse me. Ultra Orthodox Jews or maybe some others too. They measure time. Uh, they they measure the day by sunset. You know, Sabbath, the the Sabbath was from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. That's how the Jews count their days. So, the fact that it says that they met on the first day of the week, that means that they met in the evening or after sundown because that was the beginning of a new day. So, uh, According, but and of course, according to our calendar, it would be Saturday. But the Jews, for the Jews, it would be considered the first day. So, which would also be on our calendar Sunday, according to their measure of time. And uh, so, I think this is it's an indication that they had a service of some kind. They had preaching, you know, and they had a fellowship. And, you know, they got together, ate some bread or whatever other kind of food and uh, 
they listened to Paul preach until midnight. So, you know, we can see where the tradition of assembling on Sunday began. I think there's a good indication that uh, it started here. Historical records uh, do indicate that assembling was done on a certain day. Uh, I'm not sure of the specific day. I'm not sure if the specific day was mentioned in other records, but uh, I think that this verse is an indicator that I think it's an indicator that they did start to meet on what we would term now Sunday. Uh, and there is there is much argument over uh, keeping the Sabbath as the day of worship. Uh, you know, some say Saturday, some say Sunday. Uh, for certain, the principle of the Sabbath is rest. Uh, to, to cease work is rest. To praise and study God is rest. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. The, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. The whole purpose of the Sabbath was to give man rest from his uh, work during the week. And uh, Jesus and his disciples were accused of breaking the Sabbath by picking grains of, of wheat for, for they were hungry. Uh, we know the Pharisees had, uh, had twisted the law into something that it was not. They had either, you know, they had added all these rules and regulations on which way you're supposed to wash your hands and all kinds of other things, uh, you know. But in in one encounter with them, Jesus stripped away the false, uh, excuse me, the corrupt teachings uh, the Pharisees had on the Sabbath. It was a, you know, the the teachings that the Pharisees had were not a help to people; they were actually a burden, and it was a burden that they did not need they couldn't keep the law they already couldn't keep the law and so but yet the pharisees just added more stuff to it and so it was beyond it was it was beyond cumbersome you know now we will go to romans six fourteen. excuse me For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Uh, we are given the power to live not under the law. You know, I say this because the, I say this because the spirit dwells within us. Sin shall have no dominion over us because of this. The law could never justify anyone, but the spirit is the proof of our salvation. So, we do not live under the law, but under the grace of God, which is possible through the Spirit. You know, back in the Old Testament days, they didn't have the Holy Spirit the way that we do now. They did not have the power to be free from sin the way that we do, because the Lord now lives within us through His Spirit. So that is why it says in this passage that sin shall no longer be our master because you're not under the law, but under grace. Under the Old Testament uh, covenant, this was not possible because they didn't have the Holy Spirit permanently dwelling within them the way that we do. 
So the law was ineffective in uh, allowing people to fulfill it, to fulfill it. And I'm, you know, and I hope this makes sense. Because the people did not have the Holy Spirit within them, they could not fulfill the law anyway. The law was pointing them to Christ. The law was pointing them to Christ. Christ was going to have to come and die anyway to, uh, in order for anybody in that era to be saved. And so the Holy Spirit is given to us because of the fact that we have trusted in a Savior who died on the cross for our sins. And uh, that is a pretty profound uh, statement. Pretty profound indeed. And, excuse me, y'all. Okay, excuse me, y'all, I'm back. Uh, we will turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We will start in verse 15 and read from there. Um, by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and decrees, he did this to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace and reconciling both of them to God in one body through the cross, by which he extinguished their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. What I get from this is that when Jesus died, it says he abolished in his flesh the law of commandments and decrees. It, it says commandments and decrees, both plural here. And he did this to create in himself one new man out of the two. He brought together both the Jew and the Gentile. The Jew and the Gentile were brought together into one body by his death. And again, I will say it again, it, it tells us here that it says in his flesh he abolished the law of commandments and decrees. And I know that previously Jesus had said, I've come not to abolish but to fulfill the law. And I'm reading from the uh, excuse me. Okay, I'm back again. Sorry, y'all. Huh. But uh, different translations that I've seen here have uh, some say abolished and some say annulled and some have said setting aside. Uh, Certainly the Lord did not, uh, you know, he did not destroy the law uh, as he, you know, as he had previously said, he was, he would not abolish the law, but rather he had come to fulfill it. He had come to fulfill the purpose of the law, which was to uh, die for the sins of the whole world and enable the, and, and enable people to be saved. Uh, he, basically, in effect, uh, killed the effect of the law. He abolished the effect of the law, which is death, uh, for anybody who does not believe in Jesus Christ. He took all of that on himself. He fulfilled the law by dying for our sins. The penalty of the law is death. 
it's you know sin is a capital crime uh, to God no matter what it is no matter how small it is sin is a capital crime which carries the penalty of eternal death but yet Jesus died for our sins he took all that upon himself on the cross so the law was fulfilled by his death and so it's like he in dying killed the effects of the law we are now in a new covenant which is the covenant of grace which we receive when we are baptized uh, in his holy spirit when we when we receive his holy spirit through our, you know when we believe in jesus christ that is how he abolished the law he didn't abolish it but rather he abolished the effects of the law he fulfilled the law itself but he abolished the effects of it you know if you want to avoid the effects of the law all you have to do is when you feel that jesus christ is knocking at your door saying hey i want to come in and live inside your heart and save you from your sins all you have to do is let him in and once you've done that hey you you have escaped death you have acknowledged that he paid your sin debt it's a done deal at that point you know you you are not under the law anymore and so now that we've talked about that there's something that i want there's something else that i've was very interested in and i want to talk about here uh, I want to take some time here to talk about uh, the capital punishments in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, the Old Testament punishments were uh, death for certain crimes like uh, homosexuality, uh, adultery, and I'm sure there were some others too, uh, murder. You know, we might ask ourselves the questions today, these, the question today, and I know I have, why is it that we no longer as a church follow these uh capital punishments and just to kind of give give you some insight as to why god instituted those uh laws at that time when israel was uh just moving into their uh you know to that region to the region they were surrounded by people who were doing some of the most horrible things. You know, they were sacrificing their kids to idols. They were burning their kids to idols, and the, you know, and sexual immorality was just running nonstop, ramp, uh, rampant in uh, their societies. These are things that were wholly offensive and uh, opposite of what the Lord wanted for His people. So, in order to show how serious this was. The Lord uh, told Moses, you know, Mo, you know, when he gave Moses the law, he said, this, these behaviors are not to be tolerated. Anybody who is convicted of, of these behaviors is to be stoned. And it's not because people wanted, they didn't kill these people because they wanted to. They killed them because it was a very serious matter. I know I can't seriously imagine anybody taking joy in killing anybody like that. You know, it was something that the Lord said had to be done, and so they had to do it. Uh, but today, you know, for today, uh, when Jesus 
died on that cross and he rose from the dead. He paid the sin debt for everybody who would accept him. You know, it's, you know, even somebody who does not believe in Jesus Christ, it's like their sin debt has been paid. He has died for them, but yet all they have to do is to be washed in his blood. You know, but he paid the sin debt for them. They just have to wash themselves in what he did. You know, but anyway, since he paid the sin debt, the death penalty for uh, for us, the capital punishments no longer uh, are in force. We don't follow those anymore. Uh, you see, even in the Old Testament, where uh, the Lord forgave David, David had a man, you know, David slept with another man's wife and had him killed, and I'm sure lied a few times in the process. Uh, you know, Nathan came to him and told him a par told him a parable. You know, and David got flaming mad, and he uh, and David said, "I'm gonna kill this man." You know, and Nathan said, "Thou art the man." And David confessed to his sin, and Nathan told him, "Look, the Lord has put away your sins, but you will suffer these consequences for what you did." You know, Jesus. When he was confronted by the uh, crowd, they brought the woman before him. And they said, she's been caught in adultery. Jesus saw what through what they were trying to do. They didn't even bring the man, you know, and Jesus wrote something on the ground. And uh, whatever it was he wrote, he finally started talking to him. And he says, let he among you who is, what, who is without sin cast the first stone. Finally, everybody, all of her accusers just up and left. So... The law required two or three, a minimum of two witnesses, two or three witnesses to uh, convict somebody of a capital crime. All of her, all of her accusers left, so the charges were dropped. And Jesus looked at her and he said, uh, "Where are thou, where are thy accusers now? Go forth and sin no more." He knew that she was guilty of adultery, but yet he showed mercy to her. That's pretty powerful. So, but anyway, I hope that this discussion has been uh, kind of uh, at least somewhat enlightening, and I apologize if it sounded like it was kind of disjointed, uh, but you know, I, I want to pray right now, Lord, Father, if anybody here is listening to this and they don't know you, if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, then I pray that uh, uh, they would come to know you. Uh, I pray that your spirit would draw people, whoever they might be, wherever they might be. Uh, you know, I pray that they would be drawn to salvation. I pray that people would remember that no matter where they are, what they're going through, if uh, they belong to you, then you have them. And, you know, and it's a hard thing to remember sometimes when stuff gets bad. Uh, but, Lord, I pray that uh, you would bless everybody who's listening to this. And it's in Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.